Next on Village Radio, a special programme in memory of one of the village's great heroes. A man... Sorry. Who flew through life far too quickly and left many happy memories behind. He will be missed by all. I remember when uh, he was a wee lad, belly hair on a balls, uh, but you could see DIY in his soul. He used to come here a lot when he were a lad. It would always make you smile. He worked at the bread factory, but would always pop in afterwards. Well, that was until he found his gifts, of course. Before him, uh, no one had ever thought about presenting DIY. You just wouldn't think of that. Not back then. No, there, were, there was too much bread to make. Dead? No, 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 can't be. He promised me he wouldn't. Not everyone remembers. Uh, he's a local boy. Uh, he obviously tried to hide it, as you do. Uh, kept deleting it from his Wikipedia. No matter how many times I try to change it and all. Uh, but the uh, the truth always catches up with you, Nick. A memory of Knowles. Well, uh, I knew him uh, in his uh, children's entertainer days, you know, back in the glory years. Uh, but but Knowles, he was a fucking joke on the circuit then. And I know, I know it's hard to believe now, but before the BBC, he were dog shit. Uh, he started on the circuit with a magic act, uh, but ended up on the missing persons register after he uh, locked himself in a crate on Swanage Pier. Uh, then he moved to impressions, uh, but he only had three. Uh, a kettle, uh, his sister's dog, and Jules Holland. Uh, no, no, I know, I know, Jules Holland sounds impressive, but this was before. At that time, Jules Holland owned a, a fish market in Barking. You know, you'd only book Knowles if it were your only option. I'm, I'm talking bottom of the list. Below dog-eyed Kenny's purple parrot, yeah. below pissy Paul... Even below Derek Rubthai's fucking marmalade, man. And that was shit. Yeah, I'd, I'd do anything to fill the open slot so he couldn't turn up and get on. At one point, I was breaking the riskier axe back out of prison just so I wouldn't have to put him on. But then, well, then he found DIY. Yeah, I, I remember being in the cockeyed spaniel, mid-90s maybe. He walked on stage, purple polo neck t-shirt on. Now, obviously, the crowd were angry. Oh, yeah, well, the disrespect on him coming in here just like that. Who the fuck this prick think he is coming here all casual-like? But then he did it. Gets his tool out. Oh, yeah. Crowd wondering what he's doing. He's not, is he? He puts up a shelf in the back left of the stage. Oh, yeah, I remember it. He talked us through it. Uh, the crowd obviously silent. No one knows what's going to happen next. Why is he doing this? Oh, we were, we were transfixed. Then the, the big finale. He puts a photo of Her Majesty dead centre of the shelf and says, There we are then. There we are then. All place erupts. Oh, yeah. Cheering, screaming. Pure, pure elation. elation. Yeah, I knew at that moment... He were destined to change the world. Yeah, and I, I named my daughter Shelfer, you know, in his honour. Hello and welcome to another edition of Village Profiles. My Village Profile today is a sad one, as we remember one of our great heroes, 
quite literally, in fact. Nicholas Simon Augustine Knowles, born in the village 21st of September 1962. He was a writer, presenter, musician, our bread boy, and DIY personified. Some called him the boy who never grew up, and others called him Nick, for that was his name. Born to a traditional village family, he was baked into a loaf of bread aged three. The belief was that this would ensure he would develop a lovely bread face, which was a popular look at the time. Of course, it was later discovered this look was in fact a yeast infection of the face. Leaving school, Nick had a variety of jobs. He was a labourer on a building site, he worked in the petrol station, and of course, many will remember young Nick selling shoes and carpets door to door. That was before he became the legendary bread boy, aged only 12. But sad news came on his 14th birthday when he informed us in the village that he wanted a new destiny, and to put this identity behind him. And he slowly walked a new path towards entertaining. From this point on, Nick played in bands and was constantly writing music, poetry, novelty acts and comedy. His entertainment career had a notably rocky start, but it wasn't long before he saw some success. A period that is now labelled by historians as the broadest redefining of entertainment. I was lucky enough to speak to local historian Graham LeChere and longtime entertainer Jeremy Callow about this period in Nick's life. Before Knowles, entertainment, broadly speaking, was based in creativity, great writing, acting, or poetry, things that brought joy and evoked emotion. But Knowles, he said sod to talent. It isn't required to be an entertainer. When he put up that shelf in the cockeyed spaniel and people realised they had paid to watch it, well, he changed what was deemed professional entertaining forever. Then it wasn't long until the gardeners, the bakers, and even the antique dealers were all crafting their ten minutes for the circuit. We called it the dark days. The clubs used to be full of blue jokes, the gingangoolies and wet t-shirt competitions. But during the dark days, it all changed. I, re I remember watching the Chuckle Brothers die on their arse in uh, Skegness. They did their uh, Fuckle Brothers routine to silence. The crowd just wanted to watch Charlie Dimmick make another fucking urinal water feature. I remember Barry came off stage. He removed the rest of the dog uh, from his ass. Uh, he, he wept like the day his mother left. Well, they stopped performing that routine after that and went mainstream, of course. It was a great loss for, for the circuit, you know. sort of like our own Hiroshima. In spite of what everyone wanted, Knowles was to be an entertainer and a household name. Many villagers dismayed at Breadboy's disregard for them and the increasing village crime rates. But Knowles had never cared what others thought. He dreamed of taking DIY to new levels. His dreams, of course, became a reality when he started presenting the greatest television show ever made. DIY SOS. Well, what more could you want from a television show? I fucking love watching painting. Helping people with their DIY on the 
telly. Well, my happiest memories as a child was watching that show all gathered around the screen at the orphanage, terrified of waking the nuns. Screwdrivers, ladders, wallpapering. Well, it's nothing better than watching that. Oh, 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 yes. Um, all nuns hate DIY SOS, and and, and that's not racist either. Uh, you can ask any nun anywhere in the world. Uh, just a mention of Knowles or DIY SOS, and they will either spit on you or vomit. Uh, you can actually watch the videos of them doing it on YouTube. The way more hammer wins me years ago. You got a hammer. You take it back. You're a big hammer. Knowles rode the DIY SOS success wave for some time. Until he became entangled in a BBC scandal that shocked the very core of television. Ah, yeah, the child labour. That was regrettable. Ah, uh, but there really was no other way to make DIY SOS, you know. There was so much fucking DIY to do. Personally, I think it were good for him. We were good for their show. It were good for their nation. So a few kids died. They would have died at some point anyway. And nobody knows the exact number of dead, um, because unfortunately nobody was counting. I worked on the show for years, and to be honest, it was impressive how they keep finding more and more kids. Just an endless supply, but we didn't say anything. We were the RSOAs. We had to keep making it. It's a British institution, and it was what the nation needed. Well, I know at least 16 are buried in the Blue Peter Garden. I know that the ground force lot helped out, you know, disappearing a few. Um, but I think most ended up in the BBC props department for the background shots of war documentaries. To this day, many still call for an independent inquiry into the events that led to the systemic use of child labour at the BBC and shine a light on the number of television shows truly implicated. Nevertheless, Knowles was cleared of any direct involvement in the acquisition of children for DIY, and was allowed to continue attempting to entertain. But some still wonder if Knowles revealed all he knew. Dodgy Paul, series producer for DIY SOS, was interviewed at the time of the scandal. Dodgy Paul. What do you have to say about today's trial? Well, mostly. I can't believe the judge threw out most of the filmed evidence. What was on those tapes? Well, I've been arrested for less. Well, you're hardly innocent. You admitted in court there's a chance there's a Year 7 class still inside a drywall in a semi-detached house east of Norwich? Have you informed the family what's been done? Well, unfortunately, uh, that drywall is a feature wall, so it can't be taken down. Uh, it would ruin the whole aesthetic of that property. Uh, we've spoken to that family indeed, and, and they're on record as still being very grateful for the work of DIY SOS. No, no, no. I, I meant have you informed the families of the dead children? Oh, no. No need. Uh, we mostly used orphans. Uh, that's how we got away with it for so long. Well, that's, that's despicable. The judge said Knowles knew nothing of what happened. Well, what do you say? I say Knowles is a very well-connected man. And I also say that DIY SOS relied on three simple things. Cameras, tools and orphans. I supplied the cameras. Billy supplied the tools. Leaving only one person left to supply the orphans. Despite his flaws, Knowles remained well-loved. 
I got in contact with those who knew Nick best, and they had these memories to share. Oh, yeah, the fight between Paxman and Knowles. I, I remember that. I was there. Um, I were working for Paxman at the time. I were his uh, shoeman. Uh, this were uh, peak of uh, Paxman's career, really. Um, he didn't like uh, breaking in a new pair of shoes, so he employed me to wear them. Uh, I used to have to follow him round, so the moment they were ready, he could just slide his foot in comfortably. How <laughs> the other half live, eh? Um, but, um, yeah, I were there for the fight. Uh, I, I couldn't tell you what was said, um, but um, it were in a chip shop. Uh, do you know Troughman's Square? Yeah, just by there, uh, the old Nelson pub. They'd been drinking in there. They used to be really, really good friends, of course. Um, something happened in the chip shop anyway. Um, and uh, Baxman, yeah, well, he, he inserted 18 bat battered cods into Noel's anus. Um, first, I thought it was just, you know, a sexual thing. Um, but uh, no, it were uh, it were how they fought, um, and uh, Knowles were smashing pies into Paxman's head. Uh, very food paced uh, sort of martial art, maybe. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm I'm not up to date on sort of Eastern culture and that. But uh, whatever it were, uh, it were uh, it were a nasty, nasty fight, um, and uh, of course Paxman's shoes were ruined. Now, I grew up with Nick. So I knew him in the family quite well. I remember being invited to a big Knowles family gathering that was at the height of the Knowles family success. Oh, very proud their mother was. They had a gathering for Sue Knowles' 60th in my local cons club. Now, you can always count on Nick's mum to put on a lovely spread for a party. Oh, you know, cheese and pineapple, sausage roll, even, if we were lucky, joyful. The amount of food that woman could fit on a pool table buffet was magnificent. Of course, being the Knowles, not everyone is appreciative. They're a big family, and they had their uh, disagreements. But it is Sue's 60th, and everyone's promised. Now, it's a big bash, you know. Even pay for a function room out the back. So we're talking disco lights, even a fog machine. No expense was spared. Most of the night, things are running smoothly, but closer to midnight, gets more tension in the air. You just knew they were going to fall out. They always did. Ever since they were kids, you know, they always fell out. It, it hasn't changed, even now. Well, someone got the karaoke out, and that's what set them off both trying to outdo each other on a mic and at the bar of course see nick nick is better at a ballads uh, solange she's got the anthems nailed and she's also beating him necking the dirty points between her songs well it's not long then until the inevitable fight in the car park now sue knows he's screaming Leave Nick alone, Solange, but she is not listening. Solange is beating a metal bin lid and chanting, You're going home in a St. John's ambulance. You're going home in a St. John's. She is going for it. Bay? Yeah, she was there. She was having none of it. That's, no, 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 no. no. She, she never gets involved in the fighting. 
tells them both to grow up. Always been the most sensible on her. Now, she puts Sue straight in a cab home and walks herself to the chippy. Meanwhile, Solange and Nick are at each other's throats. Oh, of course, it always ends the same way. <laughs> you know, Nick, Nick never did learn his lesson. Solange, once again, puts him in hospital for running his fucking stupid mouth. Yeah, I um, I remember working with Knowles. Um, it was difficult. Uh, he um, he could get very leery. Um, he had a sherbet dib dab addiction. Um, took many years for him to get over that. Actually, um, it, it was uh, actually a real drain on the show's resources. Um, around uh, twenty, maybe even thirty percent of each series budget would go entirely on sherbet dib dabs. Um, oh, you know, he, he wouldn't. You didn't want to cross Knowles before he'd had his first dib-dab of the day. Um, and it's not a euphemism uh, for drugs either. He, he's never touched drugs in his entire life. Um, but my God, could uh, could he certainly consume dib-dabs? Um, never the lolly. Uh, he always threw that away, actually. Um, he was, that, was, that was what was nice, um, mostly about his addiction, really. Um, you'd always have lollies on set. Um, just a pile of them, really. Um, uh, lollies were a good sign, you know. It means it means he was dib dabbed up, um, and he was much more palatable then. Um, you know, any day you came into work and there wasn't a lolly, you well, you knew you were in for a bad day, really. Um, you know, the beatings, that sort of thing. Um, so you know, you always made sure you had a dib dab in your pocket. You 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 know, you spend a, a certain amount of your own wages. You know, just just make sure you were safe, really. Um, but, you know, I'd say by maybe series 16, he'd, he'd kick the majority of the addiction. Um, and actually, we, we came to miss the lollies. Have I got stories about Nick? I have got so many stories about Nick. Look, Nick's a great guy. Look, I like me and Nick get on. We're, we're best friends. Look, back in the early days, he wanted a plus one. And I said, Nick, I can get you. I'm Spark Huggins from Spark Huggins Talent Edge. I can get you a plus one. And he said to me, yeah, it's fine. Front row, dead middle center. So about uh, three months go past, and I'm and I'm sitting here, and I'm thinking, well, where's I, I want to meet? I want I I want to meet his lovely girlfriend. I just want to meet her, and I turn round to the seat, and it's and it's this it's this woman made of wood. She's made of desks, bookshelves. Uh, she's got some nails sticking out for hair. Uh, he's bored eye holes. He's bored sort of nipples out of the plunger things that you get in bathrooms. And he's just, and she's not wearing any clothes. And he's, and he's chiseled her a vagina and she's bleeding from the mouth. And her eye sockets are just screaming, help me. What was I? I think, I, I think I'm getting a bit distracted here. Uh, yeah, no, my point, General, Nick is a fantastic guy. Uh, he's a great guy. He's a great Christian. Uh, check, out, check out his stuff. I think he's on TV now. Noel's passing has been a great loss to the village to the nation, and to DIY. How many will suffer due to his loss is immeasurable. We in the village have always been proud of all he achieved, and though many wish he would have returned to the village, we kept his secret to the grave nevertheless. I guess we all had to make a sacrifice here in the village so that Nick could soar once again keeping his childhood identity a secret. 
Some, of course, live in discontent of their surroundings, just wishing he could have continued to use his powers for good, instead of hanging up his breadboy cape. But history has proven that Nick's true gift was not the ability to fly he was blessed with at birth, but in fact his love of attempting to entertain the nation. I remember once when he got very angry as a wee lad. Uh, he let out a blood-curdling scream uh, that was heard for miles around. Uh, we didn't have any electricity for days. I remember he was always nice to the girls in school. He was a good lad. The boys? Well, he did used to steal their shoes and hide them in passing clouds. All in good fun now. They got them back when it rained. How old was I when I first learned Nick could fly? Fourteen. I was looking out my window and I saw him go by 150 miles per hour carrying some wood. I think he was late to build a bookshelf in Twickenham. Well, of course Nick can fly. Everyone knows that. But the man dreamed of entertaining. And he almost achieved it. Now that is British. We had to remove him from the basketball team uh, for obvious reasons. Nick was shit at basketball. I remember when he was bread boy flying through the streets of the village. Crime in the village had never been lower. We had our hero 12-year-old Nick Knowles. But at 14, he wanted to be a man. And who can blame him? Well, he never flew again after that. Yes, murder, burglary, fraud and buggery are at an all-time high in the village without bread boy. But it's worth it. If he'd stayed bread boy, the nation would never have had DIY SOS. So yes, my wife's murder remains unsolved, but I have 212 episodes of DIY SOS, you know, and that sort of helps with the grief. They say he could fly, but I know he can put up a shelf. I saw it with my own two eyes. That boy's true gift will always DIY. They say he gave up. Being bread boy and fighting crime because of what he said in his famous song. An eye for an eye and the whole world will be blind. Since leaving the village, Knowles has always denied having the ability to fly and consistently stated that his true gift was entertaining. Those who saw him saw disagree perhaps wishing he'd put his gift to better use. Countless tragedies avoided, like the fate where everyone died, the invasion of the bread people, and 9-11. But, perhaps like Icarus, Nick flew highest as a singer and as the world's greatest DIY entertainer. Nick Knowles died this week, falling from a plane. He is survived by a loving family. His mother had one message. The moment you doubt whether you can fly, you cease forever to be able to do it. When we fight one another, our hearts fill with hate. The ones who suffer are the ones who sit at home and wait. And there's always a reason. Good reason why we're told it's for truth and for freedom, your freedom to kill or to die. 
We reached out to both Solange and Beyonce Knowles, who refused to comment on the passing of their brother. Yes, what do you want? Don't you dare mention that name in front of me! Did you get it? It was a nun. <laughs> that was the joke. I think vomiting might be funnier. I think people will remember that. Okay. How dare you mention that? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I feel I feel like we should both do a couple of those. Okay. Yes, uh, I remember flicking through the the television magazine. Of course, you've got Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. You've got Weakest Link, and then. After that, of course, you've got... <laughs> Is that too much? <laughs> I might stick that at the end of the episode. 